stay tuned for episode 232 of Prospectology, where this episode we will break down and review week six of the college football season and some of the games I feel were the most exciting after a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Welcome back, all you Prospectology fans. It's your host, Luch, and thank you for joining me for episode 232 of Prospectology. And today, as you heard from the intro, I want to break down a few games that happened this weekend in the college football season for week six, uh, starting off with the beatdown for the Red River rivalry, uh, Texas, who came in at three and two playing a rival, uh, and it's a big game every year, uh, don't know what you're going to get, uh, against Oklahoma who was three and two going into this matchup and Oklahoma a little shorthanded with Dylan Gabriel still out uh, from that concussion that he suffered against uh, TCU a week prior but Texas had their way the whole entire time uh, the whole game able to run pass uh, whatever they wanted to do on both sides of the football. And Oklahoma uh, had no answer whatsoever. Uh, Quinn Ewers, it was his first game back after sitting out the last uh, couple of games uh, with a injury. Uh, he finished the game uh, completing 21 of 31 passes uh, for 289 yards. Uh, four touchdowns and only the lone interception, which was uh, kind of a throwaway uh, pocket breakdown. Uh, he rolled out to his right, uh, tried to get the ball out of bounds. It sailed on him, and Oklahoma picked it off. But uh, that was the one blemish of his day. Uh, but Quinn Ewers was uh, solid in his return uh, from injury. Uh, and what else can you say about the Texas offense? Uh, Bajan Robinson, a stud of a, a running back coming out in this year's NFL draft and arguably uh, the number one running back for me personally. But uh, he finished the day with 22 carries for 130 yards uh, rushing and two touchdowns. He looked explosive, powerful, um, just everything you want in a in an NFL type back, uh, but Robinson was a workhorse, uh, just slicing and dicing through that Oklahoma defensive line and secondary. Um, Texas, uh, like I said in the opener, uh, was very lethal on the ground and in the air. Uh, Ewers was be able to sit in the pocket for most of the day and just uh, kind of have his way with the Oklahoma. Uh, secondary. Uh, Oklahoma, on the other hand, on offense uh, with their quarterback, Davis Bevel, uh, he got no help whatsoever. Offensive line didn't really block for him. Uh, his receivers like Marvin Mims, uh, running backs, uh, were able to do a little bit and get some chunk yards uh, on the day, but uh, they weren't very effective passing and protecting and running the football because uh, they kind of went away with it because they were playing uh, catch up the whole whole football game. But uh, Texas defense, on the other hand, they were smothering. They were able to play great 
they it's like they knew what was coming from that Oklahoma offense, uh, which tried to line up in Wildcat a bunch of times. Uh, Davis Bevel couldn't uh, execute the run pass option very well. Uh, they just Texas snuffed out every play that uh, Oklahoma was trying to do, uh, but. Texas defense on the day, two interceptions and three sacks on the day. So they were all over uh, Oklahoma on offense. And like I said, they were smothering. Um, at one point in the game when it was about 21 nothing, 28 nothing, it looked like Oklahoma and that team just kind of collapsed. Uh, like they just gave up. Uh, you didn't see them. Uh, kind of besides a few players uh you didn't see them hustling to uh make tackles or uh they would just kind of get out of the way uh they were literally they had the soul ripped out of them uh by that texas team on both sides of the football um and that's how that game went uh it was texas in the end 49 holding oklahoma to no points first time in a long time actually Oklahoma offense only mustered up uh, 195 total yards on the day so very disappointing uh, for Oklahoma who was looking to uh, get back on the drawing board next week uh, or this week coming up but they have a tough test with uh, 5-1 and one Kansas uh, coming to town but Texas looks like it's building. Uh, it's going to build on this win. Now ranked uh, 22nd in the country when the new polls came out yesterday. But uh, Texas looking up. Oklahoma, their stock kind of rising or kind of going down. Uh, but that's how that game went. Next game that intrigued me was the matchup between the Horn Frogs of TCU who were come into the day uh, 4-0. At and ranked uh, number 17th in the country against a ranked, surprising Kansas team uh, who was ranked 19th, who came into the day uh, at 5-0. and uh, Jalen Daniels, the star quarterback for uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, ended up hurting his throwing shoulder, so uh, he was replaced in the game. Uh, by Jason Bean, who actually started for Kansas last year, all year, and he looked phenomenal. Uh, Jason Bean for Kansas, who comes in for Jalen Daniels, had 262 yards and four touchdowns and one only one interception. He really kept Kansas in the football game in this back-and-forth uh, kind of battle. Uh, however, TCU and Max Duggan, uh, 308 passing yards for the Horned Frogs, three touchdowns, one interception, and yet again, like he, you saw versus Oklahoma a week before, uh, did it again with his legs, uh, had 55 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown uh, through the air. Uh, the Horn Frogs could get it going with uh, standout and 
2023 NFL Draft prospect, Quinton Johnston, uh, their number one target at wide receiver, had finished the day with 14 receptions, 206 yards receiving, and one touchdown. Um, it was just a back-and-forth battle with when TCU would score, Kansas would come down and answer, and vice versa. Uh, but Kansas hung tough. They were resilient. Every time they were, looked like they were down for the count, Jason Bean uh, would bring them back into uh, a tough game. Uh, TCU, just in the end, made more plays than Kansas, but uh, nothing to ha- to have your head down on if you're Kansas Jayhawks fans. Uh, Kansas can get back on the up and up against a struggling Oklahoma team this Saturday. Uh, but both of these teams should be in play for the Big 12 uh, amongst the others like uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State, uh, which TCU ends up going to Oklahoma State for the battle of the undefeateds and their right to be at the top of the Big 12. But uh, the next game that I had, uh, and it was very interesting game, uh, just a lot of excitement, a lot of back-and-forth battle, uh, just like in the TCU-Kansas game. It is uh, the 3-2 and two Purdue Boilermakers against the Maryland Terrapins who came in to the contest at 4-1. and one. Uh, But in the end, it was Purdue uh, that made enough plays in the end, winning 31-29 over the Terrapins making the Boilermakers record 4-2 and two at the end and the Maryland Terrapins 4-2 and two as well. Uh, but for Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, uh, 360 yards passing through the air, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, his main target was Payne Durham, who had seven receptions on the day, 109 yards receiving in one touchdown, uh, whereas on the other side of the ball, uh, Tua's brother, Taula, or Tula, uh, Tagovailoa, uh, quarterback for Maryland. He threw for 315 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. And his main target uh, was Corey Dykes, uh, four receptions, 106 yards, and two touchdowns for the Terrapins uh, through the year. Uh, Maryland, though, a killer at the end of the game when they were going for with 35 seconds left, the two-point conversion to tie the game. Uh, They ended up getting a huge penalty, a legal man downfield, which kind of killed that two-point conversion because they, before the penalty was called, they had completed uh, and converted on that two-point conversion to tie the game and when it with it coming back with that huge penalty they weren't able to get it the second time uh therefore Purdue squeaks out a win 31 to 29 but uh Maryland fought back uh after they were down early um both offenses kind of struggled a little bit to run the ball uh it seemed like Maryland got into a rhythm a little bit as the game progressed in the second half, uh, but just didn't have enough, and the penalties will kill you every time. 
Uh, but that's what what happened in that game for me. That's what I saw. But last game is Florida State ranked number 17th in the country against number 14 NC State. Uh, it w- or Florida State wasn't ranked uh, in this game, but they scored 17 points uh, compared to North Carolina State with 19 points. So it was the Wolfpack beating the Seminoles 19-17 uh, to put Florida State's record at 4-2. and two. They lost two in a row. And North Carolina State continues to squeak out uh, some sneaky wins. Uh, they finished with a 5-1 and one record at the end of this week. Uh, it was Jordan Travis for Florida State who has played really well this year. Uh, not too great. In this game, uh, one passing touchdown for, uh, and he had 181 yards through the year, uh, but two interceptions. He was also outstanding on the ground with 108 rushing yards. Uh, And then Devin Leary, before he left the game with an injury, uh, had 130 yards passing, a touchdown, and an interception. So both quarterbacks kind of struggling, but both defenses holding their end of the bargain keeping their teams in it. Um, Both offenses struggled to make plays through the air. Um, It was actually North Carolina State Devin Boykin who kind of sealed the game uh, with the interception in the end zone off of Jordan Travis to pretty much seal the fate of the Florida State uh, Seminoles. Uh, But Florida State had a costly turnover uh, or they had costly turnovers uh, when they were going in early on in the game. They had a 17-3 lead at one point in the game, uh, but costly turnovers kind of flipped the, flipped the field and kind of changed the tide of the whole uh, dynamic of the football game. But it was North Carolina State who wins the game and improves moving on in the ACC with their one loss being against Clemson, Uh, but there we have it. There was my favorite games and most entertaining games from week six. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter, at Luch Bryant. Let me know some of your, uh, what were your team's results in week six, Um, and let me know some of your game, some of the games that you watched that caught your eye, and some of the top performances uh, for you, but Until the next episode of Prospectology, stay scouting and I'm out.